Amen. God is good. And I'm glad that we're not here for no reason. Right? We serve a good God and He loves you and I. He cares about us. And uh, just uh, appreciate everyone being here tonight. And I appreciate those who uh, are in their place serving. I appreciate those who are back teaching my children and yours, if, you're, if you have children. I appreciate our youth workers and uh, folks who are leading the divorce ministry and the nursery workers, right? Uh, we, 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 it's, uh, there's a lot going on at our church, thankfully. And uh, I, I'm glad that my kids are learning about God being good and learning about Him today. Uh, obviously, I'm the youth pastor, and so a lot of the things that uh, I talk to the teenagers about, uh, usually those messages have to do with how teenagers behave, Right? You know, we as adults, we recognize teenagers as being impulsive, right? Really just dumb, right? They, they, may, they do a lot of stupid stuff because they don't think things through, right? Uh, teenagers are short-sighted, right? There's all kinds of stereotypes about teenagers, but one of the good stereotypes about teenagers and one of the things that really encourages me as a youth worker, right, is how impressionable teenagers still are for the most part right? Uh, teenagers are not yet set in their ways, right? Adults, we have a tendency to be set in our ways. And as Christians, I think one of the worst things that we can be is set in our ways, right? Because uh, the, the Christian life is not just a, hey, I'm saved and uh, I've got uh, some biblical education. I'm good to go for the rest of my life, right? There, there's, a, the, the, there's a process of, of progressive sanctification, which is a fancy way of saying that Throughout your life as a Christian, you are conforming yourself more and more to the image of Jesus Christ. You're being set apart unto Jesus Christ from the world. And that's not a process that ends once you hit a certain point in your Christian life. But, all those things being the case, we as adults, we do get set in our ways. Right? We, we have routines, right? If, uh, you know, when you're, when you're younger, right? Uh, kids in school, they change classes every so often. They're uh, they go on summer break, and then they have a completely new, you know, they move up a year in school. But, you know, when you get into your career and you get into your job or you get into the grind of life, so to speak, you really do have this routine, and it's hard to break out of that routine. And so many believers get into a routine and get into a mindset that is contrary to the Word of God, and we find ourselves struggling to change things about ourselves to the point where we even begin to accept things as that's just part of who I am. That's just how my life is going to be, right? Uh, we serve a God who is interested in us being more like his son. And if the thing about us that we are not interested in changing anymore, or we don't, in, or we don't believe we need to change, or we don't believe can change, if there's something like that in our life, the Bible commands us to change and it is possible for us to overcome such things in our life. John chapter 8, verse 34. Uh, I'm going to have you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, I should have said that already, but John chapter 8, verse 34. Uh, then uh, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Right? Uh, one of the things that we talk about with the teenagers a lot is, you know, don't play with sin. Because it's going to get a hold in your life. It's going to get a foothold in your life and you're, 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 you're not going to be able to get rid of it once you let it into your life. 
And this, that verse right there really uh, confirms what we're talking about uh, there, about how when we sin, we become the servant of sin. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 and 19 say something very similar, where we become the servants of corruption, where uh, we're promised liberty, but we become the servants of corruption because of the sin that uh, false prophets basically say is okay and not a big deal. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible uses some different terminology to describe being set in our ways. And what I want to talk to you today about is there are strongholds of Satan in our life and there, are, there is the fortress of God. Right? Over 20 times in the Bible, uh, God is described as being a fortress. And here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we are told that we need to, cast, uh, to pull down strongholds. Let, let's go ahead and read 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 3. The Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Verse 3 there teaches us that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. A battle fought not with hands and weapons, but in our hearts. And there are strongholds that need to be pulled down. Strongholds of sin. Strongholds of false thinking. Strongholds of Satan for, uh, if we're going to be blunt about what it really is. And in reality, many of these things that we have become set in our ways about, they're nothing more than a stronghold of Satan in our hearts and in our lives. Ways that we look at the world can be a stronghold of Satan. Our temperament can become a stronghold of Satan. Believe it or not. Right? Because uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, as I consider you know, some of the things that I'm naturally prone to, right? You know, a lot of those contradict the fruit of the Spirit. Right? We're not supposed to be set in our ways. We're not supposed to just, ah, that's just the way that I am, or ah, I've been struggling with this for a long time, I'm done, I'm just going to give up. What that is, that is a stronghold. By the way, strongholds are not built in a day. Right? I've not been to Europe, but one of the things that I'd really like to do someday is travel to Europe. We went to Scotland on the mission trip, and one of the things we got to visit was a, we went and saw this castle that's like, uh, right on the ocean, and there's just this really narrow strip of land. Uh, it's the only way to get to this, th- th- this castle by land. That's a stronghold. It's a, it's a fortress. It's a place that is not easily taken. It's a place where you can go and uh, basically not be overcome by the enemy. And Satan is looking to establish strongholds in your life and in mine. There's a stronghold uh, of Satan that contaminates our philosophy. When we look at verse 5 there in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Satan begins with imaginations. He seeks to contaminate the way that we view the world around us. How do you view sin? What do you define as sin? Do you ever look at your own life and at your own heart and at your own way of thinking and consider, is the way that I'm thinking sinful in the eyes of God or is it right? 
Very few of us look at what we're doing as being wrong, and more often than not, we explain or uh, uh, justify ourselves to ourselves and uh, even get to the place where you know, we're just doing what's right in our own eyes. Something that's not that big of a deal to everyone else around us, something that a lot of other people deal with, something that is accepted in our world and in our culture and even in Christianity. If God calls it sin, then we must view it as sin. It's not a big deal. It doesn't hurt anyone. This is a good one. It doesn't affect me. Our view of sin, whether it's something uh, that is uh, a big deal to the eyes of everyone else around us, or uh, whether it's not, if the Bible calls it a sin, it's sin. And Satan is seeking to establish a stronghold in your heart by causing you to have a contaminated view on sin. An outlook that is not focused on what God says is right and wrong, and once we stray away from that basic principle, we then begin to have a cultivation of poor choices. So there's a stronghold contaminating our philosophy, there's a stronghold cultivating poor choices, and as our thinking and as our philosophy is contaminated, as our attitude shifts uh, uh, towards sin, slowly but surely, Satan seeks to move us from passively keeping us from doing right to causing us to do wrong outwardly. Most of the sin that we commit begins in our heart. right? Most of the time when we get away from God, it starts in our heart. But if we stay away from God long enough in our heart, it eventually comes out in our actions. Do not think for one second that when you begin to outwardly manifest sin, that that is just the beginning of the sin that's in your life. Satan has established a foothold in your heart and he is constructing a stronghold in your life that becomes increasingly difficult to tear down and get back to where God wants you to go. Many romanticize about how living a life in sin might be, right? We see commercials and we can be so easily deceived by Satan to think that sin is not a big deal or that sin is actually fun and that God is keeping us from something that is good for us. But in reality, we are being deceived and that will manifest itself outwardly. And the end result of that is our passion for Christ diminishes. These high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God They cross our path regularly in hopes to place something other than God on the throne of our life. That's when we become the servant of sin. Right? Once once Satan has a hold in our life, once there is a stronghold, it's something that needs to be torn down. Right? And, 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 And don't get me wrong, I think that everything that I've said so far is really easy for us to understand. Right, And I'm sure that in our minds and in our hearts, we can think of a few people who really need to tear down some strongholds in their life. Right? Uh, yeah, so-and-so, you know, they've got a bad attitude and they clearly need to get right with God. Right? So-and-so, they've been talking like this and I know how they treat their husband or their wife and you know, that's wrong. They need to tear down that stronghold. But you know what? We have strongholds in our own life that we need to be worried about. For most of us, when we consider the things that we struggle with, as adults, if it's something that you've been dealing with for a long time, you know, your, your, your effort really just diminishes over time. And I say this as someone who's lived that myself. 
right? We get, we get weary of fighting against sin in our life. We get weary of things that we have been struggling with for years. We get weary of things that uh, in our minds have to do with what other people are doing and we're just responding, right? When we have to work on those things, it becomes very tedious and very easy to give up. And what that is, that is a stronghold being constructed of that particular sin or that particular vice in your life. Many today, many Christians are under the bondage of sin. There is a stronghold in your heart. But in contrast to the stronghold that Satan seeks to build in our life, the Bible describes our God as a fortress. Right, and what really drove me on this thought tonight is just like Miss Jane, Miss Jane saying, you know, God is good, but so many Christians live without really feeling and believing in their heart that God is good. Right, we we academically know that God is good. Right, we we understand that God's there for us, but when we're not at church and we're not really thinking about it, we have all these problems that we don't know how to deal with. Right, and, and, and what it is is we, we are either going to choose the stronghold of Satan or we will flee to the fortress that our God is. If you want to turn to Psalm 18, uh, that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time tonight. Uh, I don't know about you, but there have been times where I felt as though I was missing something in my Christian life, where I wasn't getting what I thought I was supposed to have as a Christian. Right? If you read the Psalms a lot, you see how God helped David through so many things and how David trusted God through those things, and he was delivered, and he praised God through those things. And, you know, we sit here and we wallow in our difficulties. Right? We, we don't know how to get through to the next day. And really what it is, is we are not, we're, we're obviously not doing something right. We're missing something. Perhaps there is a stronghold of the devil that we have become completely blinded to, to where we ignore it. And we have chosen to just allow that to stay in our life rather than uh, seeking the fortress that our God is. Psalm 18, we're going to start in verse 1, says, I will love Thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the, uh, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Compare the fortress and the strength that our God is to the way that we're living our life today. Right? If you are not experiencing the, uh, the, 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 the deliverance of God, if, you're not see, if He's not your strength, if He's not the one you're trusting in, if He's not your buckler or your high tower, right? You're... Don't you think you're missing something, right? Uh, I, and we're going to go through those things, but uh, our God is a fortress that provides shelter to us. Right there, uh, it says that He is, uh, verse number two, He says, He's my rock, right? He, he's, a, he's our foundation, right? He's the foundation of everything in our life. He, it says He's our deliverer. He's the one who delivers us from the power of sin and guides us through the difficulties of life. Are you, uh, is, is He doing that in your life today? It says He's our strength. Most of us are our own strength. God is not your strength. You're your own strength. He's the one in whom we trust. I'm just, I'm just this, is, this is right there. In the, uh, are, are you trusting in God with, this, with, with your problems today? 
says he's, your, he's our buckler, right? Uh, a buckler was a shield that they used in hand-to-hand combat. It wasn't one of those big shields that they used to uh, cover from arrows. This was, you're right there in the front, and any blows that Satan comes, a buck, uh, that, that someone would throw, uh, a buckler would, would block those, those, those blows right up front. Right? He's the one that keeps Satan away from us. It says he's the horn of our salvation. Right, and uh, we don't really blow horns today. I mean, they they play them in the orchestra. But uh, when uh, you know there'd be battles or uh, in you know olden times, you know horns were a symbol of victory. Right, uh, the horns were blown before the battle sounded to get everyone excited and ready for the battle, and they were sounded uh, after the battle was over when when you were victorious. Right, uh, that's a lot of times where we would end up having to go to God. By the way. Right, the the horn of our our, our salvation. That's that's the one that that's, says he's our high tower. He's our place of safety. God is all of those things, but so many Christians today are overcome with worry. We're struggling through life. We're taking it day by day, and and I understand if you're if you're in a time of extreme difficulty right now, a a, a real test and a real trial in your life. Right, we do need to take it day by day, but we should we we shouldn't be living our lives that way. If all we do is struggle and we never seem to find victory or relief, could it be that God is not your fortress? You could be saved and God's not your fortress. Amen. You could be saved and Satan can have such a stronghold in your life that you, you, you just don't know what to do anymore. Our God is a fortress that provides shelter. Uh, it, pre- it, it presents us with support. Let's look at, let's look at, uh, let's pick up in verse four. It says, the, the, the sorrows of death can pass me and the floods uh, of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell can pass me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my, eye, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the, uh, then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills was moved and, and were shaken because of the wrath, uh, because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth. Devoured coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly, yea, and he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick his thick clouds passed hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He, uh, and he shot uh, out his lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of waters were seen. Fountains of the world were, uh, uh, were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. He, went out, uh, he sent from above he took me and drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. You see how uh, right there in uh, uh, verse number four, uh, when all these terrible things were going on, you know, the, the waves of uh, uh, the, the sorrows of death compassed him, right? Uh, the, the sorrows of hell compassed me about. Verse six, it says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. Right, you know, uh, I think I think we expect God to do all the responding that He did without having to call on Him. 
right? We, 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 we wait on God to do something. We don't, we've not even asked Him. We've not even turned to Him to see, uh, to, to see what He would do. When we don't seek Him out and when we don't cry out to Him, like it says in verse 6, He's not hearing our voices. Our cry is not coming out before Him. And then in verses 7-17, through 17, that, that's, that's Him responding to the prayers of David. The fortress of our God is stronger than any enemy. There is no darkness that is not under His feet. All of these responses that God brought upon David were the result of him seeking God in the midst of his trouble. And let me just ask you, right? is God the first thing that you run to in times of trouble or is He the last resort? Verse 19 and the rest of the chapter just talks about the security that God gives. But verse 19 says, He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me. Uh, because he delighted in me. Right? And, and, and when we compare the fortress that our God is, the, 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 uh, all of the things that God looks to do for us, all the things that God looks to be for us, the shelter he provides, the support he gives, and the security he gives us, right? When we look at those things, why wouldn't we want to experience that? Why wouldn't we want to live a life that's close to him? And the reason why so few live that way is because Satan has set strongholds in your life. You have allowed Satan to construct strongholds in your heart and in your life to the point where you are not seeking that fortress. Is Christ your stronghold today? Right? John 8, 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Are you free? Right? Uh, I'm, I'm not asking if you're saved. I hope you're saved. Right? If you're not saved, that's the most important thing you can get settled today. But uh, you can be saved and be under the bondage of sin once again. Amen. Satan can have, the, uh, have a stronghold in, in the life of a believer. Just a quick uh, three things and then, then we'll be done. We have a business meeting tonight, so I'll be fast with these three things. So, uh, is Christ your stronghold today? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you three questions. This will be, be how you can answer whether Christ is your stronghold today or not. Uh, where are you choosing to dwell? That's the first question. Where are you choosing to dwell? So obviously, uh, sin and the Savior, they don't, they don't mix together. Right? Uh, no man can serve two masters, for either he will love the one and hate the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. Most of us are trying to live in the middle. And when you're living in the middle, you are the servant. You, you become a servant of sin. Yeah. If we are not proactively seeking God, if we are not purposely putting ourselves close to Him, then we are not dwelling in that fortress. Psalm 18, verse 21 says, For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all His judgments were before me and I did not put away His statutes from me. I was also upright before Him and I kept myself from mine iniquity. In verse 21, He didn't depart from God. So He purposely was choosing to live in the fortress of our God. You cannot... Serve sin and stay in the fortress of our God. Verse 22 is, uh, the, the judgments of the Lord were before him. Uh, the statutes of the Lord were with him. Right? So the, 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 what the Bible said 
what the Bible says, right? His, his Bible of that day, that, that did not depart from him. That was part of his life every single day. And let me just ask you, you know, what kind of relationship do you have with the Bible? And verse 23, I was also upright before him. I kept myself from mine iniquity. Right? Keeping yourself from sin, right? That's a good indicator as to who you were dwelling with. How much effort do you make in fighting against your sin? Right? And if, and if you're not making effort, you're not dwelling in the fortress that our God is, and you're going to miss all those things that He's trying to do in your heart and in your life. You're, the, you're under the bondage of sin. That, that, and, and it really is just that simple. So who are we choosing, uh, uh, who are we choosing to dwell with? Who are we learning from? Let's jump down to verse 20. It says, For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As, uh, as for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those, all those that trust in Him. When we're not growing as Christians, 2 Peter chapter 1 tells us that we're blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that we've been purged from our own sins. And right here in verse 28, uh, he, light, he lights a candle for us. He, 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 he gives us insight and knowledge in the midst of darkness. Right? The, 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 the wisdom of God is obviously wiser than men. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. That's what the Bible says. Verse 30 says His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He's a buckler to all those that trust in Him. When Satan tries to get a foothold in your life through false thinking and false ideology, it is the person that you're learning from that will cause you to either buy into what Satan is saying or know truth from error. Who are you learning from? I, 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 I like watching TV. That's something I, I like to do to relax. I like uh, the last few years, I've actually uh, started enjoying reading and listening to fiction, audio, fiction books. Right? It, 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 I, I enjoy those things. But you know, one of the things that I, I, I get, I've gotten convicted about is that you know, I spend this much time on those things a lot of times. And yeah, I read my Bible, you know, four or five chapters, you know, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, every day. Amen. There's a pretty, pretty big time difference right there, you know. They're, 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 you're, you're, yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting some out of the Word of God every day, but, you know, I'm spending a lot more time hearing a bunch of other stuff that has nothing to do with my faith. And I'm not saying that it needs to be, you know, uh, that, that you need to have more coming in from God than, uh, than from this world, but if you're struggling with wrong thinking, if you're struggling uh, through life, you know what, maybe you need to get a little bit more God in there. Amen. Right? And, 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 I'm, and, and, and be wise about it too. Right? And this, this, might, this, might not, this, this might shock some of you, but you know, when, I, when, I, when I've you know, felt depressed in the past, and you know, when I've been struggling, you know, my first thought is not, I'm going I'm, I'm to tackle Ezekiel and Leviticus. Right, a couple, couple uh, about a year and a half ago, I, I I read Psalms for like three months straight. I didn't read any, I didn't read anywhere else in my Bible for three months. 
I just read Psalms because that's, that's what I, I, I really needed at that time. Amen. And you know what? The, Bible, the Bible's got a lot of what you need. You just have to go to it. If, if, if you're in need of shelter and security and safety, you're not going to get that from Satan. He, he wants to set up a stronghold in your life, but you're just going to see the results of sin in the end. God also wants to be that fortress in your life. And if you're going to let Him be your fortress, you have to choose to learn from Him first and foremost. Lastly, who are you leaning upon? Verse 32, the Bible says, It is God that girdeth me with strength, maketh my way perfect, maketh my feet like hinds feet, setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. Thy right hand holdeth me up. Thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. Who are you leaning upon? Verse 31, For who is God save the Lord? Right? I, we, we have sold ourselves short by falling for the deception of Satan and believing that a life of sin is better than a life Live faithfully to Christ. Amen. There is none that is superior to God. There is no other sure foundation besides our God. Verse 32, It's God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my, own way, my, my way perfect. God's the one that gives us strength and He's the one that guides us. And if, you're not, and, and if, you're, if He's not giving you strength and He's not guiding you, then that's not His fault. That's, that, that is a lack of interest on our part. Amen. Verse 33, He maketh my feet like hind's feet, setteth me upon my high places. Right? Uh, you, know, the hind, uh, you know, the hind's feet, right? They, you know, you never see these animals up on the top of mountains, you know, just, just jumping around, right? I've never seen a deer trip and fall. Right, I mean, if somebody like shoots it or something, I mean, they like kick really weird and all of that. But right, you know, they 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 go through the woods silently. Right, they're, 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 there's there's no slipping in hinds feet. And when God makes our feet like that, you know what that means? It means we're always on a sure foundation and we're not slipping and sliding everywhere. Amen. That means we're stable. God can be that to you but you have to let Him. And if we've spent years and years building bad habits into our life, if we've spent years being the servants of sin, right? Uh, that, uh, that stronghold did not come up in a day and it's probably not going to come down in a day, but you can choose which fortress you're going to run to. Verse 34, He gives us protection. Verse 35, uh, he, He's exalted in our life. right? And, and, and I just want to challenge you who are you leaning upon this evening? Right? We, uh, many of you know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. Lean not to thine own understanding. Hmm. I know kids learn that in Master Club, but we, we have to figure out a way to live it. 
And it's not just a thing that we decide when we're sitting here in church with a bunch of other people who are, you know, wanting to do the same thing. It's something we have to practice once we leave here. It's something we have to practice not just externally when other people are watching. It's something that needs to happen up here as well. And what I think so many of us has done is we have just given ground over to Satan in our life and allowed him a stronghold and it's keeping us from having the right kind of relationship with God because we're stuck in the middle between, you know, uh, we want to do what God wants us to do, but we also want to have our sin and understand that that is not how God works. He will not play second fiddle to anyone or anything in our life. Are there some high things that need to be cast down in your life? Is there something that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God in your heart today? Anything in your heart that is contrary to what God says, we can never give up on it. I, 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 to be honest with you, you know, uh, mo- mo- most people, you know, automatically, you know, associate, you know, somebody who's got a temper as somebody who needs to fix it. Well, I was born that way. You need to get the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Amen. But you know, it's not just people with anger problems that, you know, we, that, we can, that we can point fingers at with this. There, there's a lot of faithlessness that happens in the life of believers. Amen. And what it is, is we, we're, we're not running to the fortress of our God, but we're not you know, trying to run into sin either. And we think that you know, God should just automatically come to our aid because we're not... Uh, because we're saved, and you know what? We need to cry out to Him. We need to lean on Him, not our, on our own understanding and on our own strength. God is a fortress to His people if we will choose to lean upon Him. And I just want to ask you as we close, uh, who is your fortress? God is either your fortress or your Satan has built a stronghold in your life one or the other. You're the servant of sin or you're, uh, you're a servant of Christ. Let's bow our heads just a moment of invitation.